0: Hey, hey, Tony, we back. We back. Take three. Take three in Le Chateau. We are on today. <laughs> We're on fire. Yeah, for our listeners, this is literally our third try trying to get into an episode. It's just been a yeah calamity of error. A
1: fiasco. <laughs> a fiasco. It's been a Lupe fiasco, my friend. <laughs> that is for sure. Yeah. What is true, though, is, uh, man, I'm still mulling over those ideas presented by Brian Peterson. I uh, think you call man. them... Uh, what, what is yeah, it? Uh,
0: Brian, B. Pete, the pod god. B. Pete, the pod god. B. Pete, the pod god. Man, Just he is... Dropping knowledge.
1: Yeah. Dropping knowledge.
0: I really enjoyed listening to that episode back. Yeah. Yeah. Just hearing Brian speak and, uh, yeah, all the ideas. And it was, a good,
1: uh, it was a good check. Yeah. Felt like a lot of opening doors to um, lo- a lot more to be explored there. So. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, still mulling that all over. How you doing?
0: I'm good, man. I'm good. I remember you asking me when I listened back to that episode, how was my gene expression? Yeah. Which I thought was pretty fun. <laughs> so I've been keeping that in my mind every so often. How's my gene expression? And, and you wonder if I'm talking about your jorts somehow? Yeah, which, yeah, I'm trying to differentiate. You know, I was thinking uh, my jorts are intact. Gene expression is uh, full and well. Yes. Boom. Nice. Nailed man. it. Nice. Got that blue button going. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Showing me them. (laughs) Welcome. Show me (laughs) them. Show me them blue buttons. Oh man, we got a good one today. Yeah, this is gonna be real light. (laughs) Light as in heavy? Yeah. Button game strong today. <laughs> <Bun> game strong. <laughs> well done. Dude, we gotta get all these laughs out now, man, because it's, 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 it's gonna, gonna take get a heavy. turn. Yeah. A lot like our intro with Beat Beat the Pug god.
1: So we did we did epigenetics, right? And yep. then um, you know, we just uh, briefly touched on intergenerational trauma, which is just kind of a subset or one aspect um, that results from epigenetics. Uh, yeah. So we're going to dip into that intergenerational trauma today. Okay. Shall we? <laughs> we shall. Yeah. Can we jump off by going back to some of those mice that were oh, yeah. just treated so kindly and compassionately? Yeah. The nice mice? The yeah. nice mice. Yeah.
0: Let's go there. That might be a good way to get into this. Yeah. yeah. So
1: this is, this is, we'll start off with the ray of sunshine here, okay. right? Yeah. And then we're going to circle back and come back to this ray of sunshine. Good. So, okay. yeah, that that's something to look forward to. Dude, fun game strong today. (laughs) Hashtag fun game strong. Well done. Um, So the the male mice, there were these male mice that were taken away from their mothers in early life. And um, also when they were taken away from their mothers, the mothers were stressed. And so they would kind of like shock and stress the mothers while the the male mice as babies were taken away and not provided with uh, developmental care. And when they were returned to their mothers, that, that would happen sporadically and they never developed a bond, and then they would show this uh, trauma response, essentially. Um, they they would act erratically in terms of their behavior, but their gene expression also showed changes to their cortisol and other, other ways that their genes had influenced their response to feel easily triggered to stress. Um, those same mice, that could be seen, the effects of that, like children of those male mice and grandchildren of, or I guess, uh, what, what do you call baby mice? mice uh, micelets mice Yes, yeah, so, so like mice and yeah. grand mice yeah. <laughs> showed the same stress responses as their fathers and their grandfathers. I guess what would you call a father mice and a grandfather mice? I'd probably just go with father mice and grandfather mice. Okay, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So the micelets showed the same stress response as where they inherited it from. Um, the good news is the ray of sunshine here is that that can be reversed. Ooh. And so they actually reversed this in the generations that followed by uh, decreasing the amount of stress that the mice experienced and producing enriching environments for them. And so what's an enriching environment, you ask? That was my question. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I have lots of ideas. Yeah. yeah. What, is,
0: what, what? What is it? Oh, well, first off, well, I'm kind of thinking of Rat Park, right? Like everyone's just hanging out. There's a beach, maybe some mountains. Everyone's just playing. Down at Rat Park? Down at Rat Park. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's comfortable. It's safe. That sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it was low stress. That, that's the comfortable and safe Uh, piece of it. And then they would also put them in environments that had like multi-level cages and several opportunities for stimuli within the cages. And so they had basically more environmental stimuli available to them. Okay. Like a wheel. Like a wheel, perhaps? I actually don't know for sure. It could be just be the park that you just described. They could could have, in the research lab, had Rat Park. Maybe it was Rat Park, yeah. (laughs) So so when they dropped the micelets off at Rat Park, (laughs) they showed that the the effects of uh, the stress response induced in their uh, father mice and grandfather micelets, it improved. Yeah. Well, there is a ray of sunshine. That is a ray of sunshine. Yeah. Yeah. That is good to hear. So I was thinking it could be helpful. Yeah. um, If we just bounce back into a quick definition Mm -hmm. of epigenetics and then how intergenerational trauma relates to epigenetics specifically. Yeah.
0: So epigenetics, I was thinking, was epi near the center? Something Mm -hmm. like that. It's around. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then gene expression. And the thing that we look at is just how gene expression can be changed by experiences and environments. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so one of the focuses that came out of that episode was essentially looking at how trauma can be passed down generationally. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And then one of the, one of the examples that you had spoken to in that episode was like, um, children of
1: people who were near nine 11. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's one of them amongst others. Yeah. Yeah, Children of people who experienced trauma nine eleven nine 11 being one of them. Yeah. Yeah, and so that
0: was one of the broad examples. I remember you talking about just uh, changes in cortisol levels, Mm -hmm. I believe is what it was.
1: Yeah, in release to a stress response. So uh, children coming out of that that were born after 9-11 but near the origin of 9-11 had more vulnerability to stress in a biological way. So there's a behavioral way and a biological way, and this is looking at the biological gene expression and what happens hormonally and otherwise.
0: Yeah, yeah which uh so based on that kind of leads us to uh trauma trauma Whew. yeah the, this is the heavy
1: part huh yeah this is this is where there's a lack of ray of sunshine Yeah. As well, so. <laughs> this is yeah. where we're going to circle back to the ray of sunshine yeah yes so trauma i think it'd be uh, for me in in our field um you know in recent maybe the last decade or so, there's this differentiation between big T trauma and little T trauma, and yeah, yeah I don't know. D- does that get spoken about in pop culture? Or, or I don't I, know. I think it probably is on TikTok these days. Is it? Just a guess. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't know. Just a guess. You know. Yeah. Well, you're you're in touch with the kids. I'm just. Uh, yeah, coogi. <laughs>
0: Quick anecdote: This is just a weird. Maybe a ray of sunshine. Dan tried to say Coogee the other day and said chugi.
1: Tried to get it wrong on yeah. purpose and got it right I on was, accident. I was trying to like mess with it <laughs> by yeah. intentionally used yeah. the wrong version, yeah. accidentally used it right. So when I try and use it right, yeah. get it wrong. When to try and use it wrong. Get it right. Get it right. Nailed it. Yeah, I love that. Story of my life. Yeah. <laughs> I do I, yeah, so I like go back to the trauma, right? Big T, little T. I do think that differentiation is really important. I yeah. do think it gets spoken about. Yeah. So big T trauma is like um, a specific traumatic event that occurs. It's it's um, most often what people think about in reference to trauma. It's it's what it's what the diagnostic criteria around post traumatic stress disorder relates to. It's where this event occurs that triggers a lot of lack of safety and fear and stress and induces that response yeah yeah i always think a big t trauma is kind of how trauma is like classically understood yeah yeah like
0: uh, war zone type experiences violence uh, yeah witnessing
1: or experiencing living through a natural disaster yeah yeah life-threatening events witnessing a death yeah Sexual violence, sexual violence. Yeah, these are all the classic big T trauma. Yeah, and so I think I think it's helpful to think about when we think about this type of trauma, it's kind of like an acute moment with acute traumatic responses, and often these responses relate acutely to similar events or contexts, yeah. um, and some of the symptoms. So, mm-hmm. what does some of the symptoms look like, Cody? When for Big T trauma here. Big T trauma, yeah, linked to a specific event.
0: You know, one thing that comes to mind first off, just be like a great sense of anxiety. hmm Yeah. Um, probably messed up sleep. I'm thinking uh, maybe like a sense of trust that gets affected. Yeah. Feelings of disassociation, like disconnected from your body in some way. Yeah, yeah. Disconnected from the uh, environment. Think of like irritability, just changes in mood. Yeah. Maybe uh, even like kind of a brain fog or just feeling confused.
1: yeah. 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 So th- those are typical responses and often what's spoken most about. And I think historically the way the word trauma is used, this is most often the correlate. Yeah. So then we move to like uh, little t trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Little t trauma is different in that. It's not it's like
0: a very one off specific event that's different than maybe life as usual. Mm-hmm. Um, and so little t trauma really kind of messes with our ability to cope or um, deal with. Uh, what's going on as a result of repeated exposure experiences mm-hmm. is what I would say. Mm. Um, and so it might not necessarily be threatening or physically violent, but often um, are distressing in their nature. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of examples that come to my mind are like emotional abuse, mm-hmm. um, and, and that can even look like just living in an environment with lots of ongoing financial concerns. Yeah, yeah, where there's
1: like a worry about
0: resources, yeah, shelter, food, yeah, consistent worry, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, This can also look like being in an environment, uh, maybe like parents become divorced. Mm -hmm. It's really nasty divorce kind of thing. Uh, Bullying, uh, maybe sustaining non-life, threatening injuries. Yeah. yeah, Or just like consistent harassment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, those are examples of little T trauma. So these micelets that we were talking about, those were really little T trauma. Like being removed from the mother for a period of time once wouldn't have induced much, being repeatedly removed and having the mothers stressed while removed, yeah. limiting their availability to, to offer um, connection when the male mice returned, yeah. that's all that repeated exposure and little t trauma. Yeah, There's that, I guess consistency or
0: repeated exposure is really important in that, right? So yeah. it can be growing up in an environment um, that lacks connection and just doing that one day might be okay. Yeah, Doing that for years on end,
1: will have an effect. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so then what what do symptoms like look like here for little t trauma? Yeah, I mean, they're not that different, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, so the thing that comes to mind is, again is like anxiety, mm-hmm. um, irritability, problems mm-hmm. with thought or like memory, mm-hmm. um, difficulty with sleeping, maybe just feeling kind of fatigued. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then just like maybe increased aggression or mm-hmm. something like that, mm-hmm. rage, kind of flying off the handle quickly.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. And I think these symptoms, they can be more, this is like just anecdotally, I think they can just be more persistently present and less intense. So it's like this steady stream of these types of symptoms in response to a little T trauma where it's like this always on edge kind of caution. Whereas PTSD and big T trauma type stuff can really relate to specific Mm contexts, specific situations. Or just intrusive thoughts that put you in that situation, not this like low lie, low lying um, yeah. level of this persistent, yeah, hyper awareness, like just just below the surface all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's it's kind of like this chronic experience with little t trauma. I think it'd be also important to point out that like uh, there can be complex trauma where it's a combination of the two. Mm. Um, where it's the acute exposure in addition to just the persistent um, exposure over time, chronic exposure. And both of those, if they occur, that, that can just lead to complicated trauma, which is yeah. really involved. Yeah, certainly. It can really affect like interpersonal functioning. Yeah, That's the way I would think about it. Yeah. yeah. So then knowing, having this kind of gradient scale of trauma, little T trauma big T trauma and having this kind of refined definition and description of trauma, um, there are these signs of intergenerational trauma. So we go back to epigenetics when trauma can be transferred genetically through gene expression from one generation to the next. Uh, we look at what are signs that someone could be experiencing trauma not related to their personal life but related to the gene expression they inherited right mm, yeah yeah so i in in reading about this and learning about this um by the way we got to shout out mark wolin or w o l i n n mm. um he has a book called it didn't start with you highly recommend it and a lot of this information comes from him um He references many of the studies that we also are referencing and has a really deep understanding of intergenerational trauma specifically as it relates to epigenetics. Um, So he kind of outlines these two signs that we could be experiencing intergenerational trauma or responses in our personal lives that actually relate to things that happened before our lives.
0: Yeah, this is mind blowing to me. Like, uh, is it okay if I'll just go with this first one, right? And so he said he talks about fear or just having a symptom that occurs unexpectedly that could be correlated with a certain age, a certain life event, or phase of life. So, for instance, maybe turning a certain age, like 19, and then all all of a sudden becoming really fearful of
1: groups. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, that's mind blowing to me. Yeah. Yeah. He has an example of one case that he worked with with this woman who had a child and then became. Uh, Like prior to to having a child, hadn't experienced any symptoms of mental disorder or Mm. or mental health issues. And then having a child led to this profound anxiety of persistently being worried about keeping the baby safe and also being safe around the baby, like fear of attacking the Mm. baby or not doing enough to um, shelter the baby. And he worked with this client and learned that her biological grandmother lost a baby in a fire at a young age. And when they when they worked through that, and then helped her to understand her situation different from that situation, um, reports that the symptoms dissipated. Mm. Yeah. So like this yeah. life event or an age, if we have a sudden onset of something related to a phase of life or some specific age that comes up that's a sign of that intergenerational trauma right yeah
0: yeah just showing up kind of out of nowhere yeah in a way which can be real confusing and then to go back to woolen's story it seems that by bringing awareness to that was really helpful for this person yeah they could sort of see this link
1: yeah I, i would say another big theme this is a bit tangential but there is like really giving voice to stories that get untold so often when we experience trauma or there is a history of trauma in our families Those are the stories that are kind of swept under the rug. And when they're not resolved, our gene expression, right, from a biological perspective, this is kind of making a leap from my end. Mm -hmm. But without talking through how that was specific to that situation and that context or that individual, um, it's like just carried in the genes. And without the story being told, there's no clarity for how the current life situations could be different from that one. And so the genes carry that that desire to protect it from potentially happening again yeah so like i'm just thinking of like that
0: epigenetics thing right so just like you're saying the gene carries this thing it gets passed down i've got to save myself from a
1: situation like that again yeah and if you can uh verbalize that come into contact with that I, I i would think that you could develop some clarity and then we're, we'll go through practical strategies at the end of this mm-hmm. for how to not respond to something that doesn't relate to your life or your experience mm-hmm. um because you yeah your body's just trying to learn how to not find itself in a situation like that again
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: Again, that uh, gene environment interaction there yeah Yeah, it's fascinating. So another sign of that intergenerational trauma, right, is like a propensity to feel certain ways during vulnerable moments. Mm -hmm. So these can happen like during arguments or disagreements with a close interpersonal partner. Um, Like common statements you make um, that may not relate to the context entirely but feel relatable to you or make complete sense to you and your partner's like, What are you talking about?
0: Yeah, yeah. So these can be kind of generally made statements in a way. Yeah. Yeah. So the way I hear that is almost like default emotions and situations, default feelings, and then kind of almost like
1: default phrases. Yeah. 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 Default phrases is a great way to say that. Like I'm not good enough or something like that. Yeah. You don't see me as good enough. And if you're constantly saying that when your partner is actually saying something contrary to that. Yeah. There may be something to that for you. That might be inherited in some way. Uh huh. Yeah. Wanting to feel good enough, not specifically tied to your current experience. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So then, if any of these signs show up, what do you do with this? (laughs) Uh, Go to therapy. (laughs) (laughs) We all need therapy. We all need therapy. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's do that. Practical ping pong. Yeah. Right. Like bounce back and forth. Yeah. Suggestions. P3. Practical ping pong. Yeah. And okay. admittedly, I got yeah. one we're going to land on that at the end. Yeah. I, th- I think. Yeah. For me, it creates such a curiosity. Yeah. And yeah, I think would be really enticing to incorporate. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's hype it up a little bit. Huh? All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But before but first, we get there. But first. First. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what's first on the docket for yeah. ping pong? Why don't you
0: serve? Come on, practical ping pong, practical application ping pong. Uh, the first thing we got here is identifying what your greatest fear is and whether that fear relates to family history. Yeah, yeah. So what's that saying there?
1: Yeah, I think it. I think just like what we were mentioning a minute ago, if you find yourself consistently saying things or realizing you fear, you feel fearful particularly in certain situations. Yeah, what is that about? Is that about your life experiences? look to see if there's any relationship between that life experience and life experience of your family. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Second one. Um, what common phrases do you use during vulnerable moments? Mm. Like if you're feeling isolated, what is it that you're telling yourself? Or if you're in an argument with a loved one, what is it that you're saying to that person? What, what are the common statements you make um, to yourself and others when feeling raw and vulnerable? yeah yeah
0: this one requires some deep reflective work huh yeah like being able to identify those go-to again like kind of default storylines or the things that they default to saying and arguments or feelings of vulnerability yeah um next one says what links are there in your language and your family history that can be cathartically identified and expressed yeah yeah so what's that one saying there (laughs) daily i don't know i don't get that one
1: (laughs) for realsies (laughs) no (laughs) Um, it's just like talking it out. Right. So, yeah. so if, uh, yeah, it's kind of, it, I mean, we kind of shared this example a moment ago, but if someone's saying, if someone consistently says, you know, I, I just don't feel like you value me or mm-hmm. worthwhile. And the partners across from them saying, I love you. I value you in this, this, and this way. yeah, And they still feel that way. Yeah. That's important to note that that, that feeling is valid, yeah. but it, it may have a deeper context to it and yes. then saying, Oh, was there an experience in my family history? Yeah. Did my, uh, am I a mice lit? <laughs> and then my, my grandfather mice, yeah. um, yeah, feel not worthwhile. Or did he lose his job in the depression and then feel like yeah. his role as a protector and provider, if he defined it that way, was that compromised and he felt like he couldn't provide worth and value to his family. Yeah. And am I actually sharing his story not mm-hmm. mine? Yeah, it's
0: fascinating. Like, again, just observing what feeling shows up based on a context. Yeah. And, yeah,
1: again, that might be inherited. Yeah. Um, what about the next one? next one's a little easier. So what enrichment can you consistently incorporate? So these are the mice that had the the enrichment cages, right? Yeah, rat park. Yeah. Rat Park. The mice at Rat Park. Yeah. So what's your rat park? Right. Yeah. It's sustainable self-care, sleep, diet, exercise, socialization, Mm. hobbies and interests, creativity and art. Yeah. What's your what's your rat park? Uh,
0: My rat park. Oh, man, it is easy going. It's pretty. Um, It involves some mountains, involves uh, getting outdoors. Yeah, it's definitely got somewhere to run. Getting those wild horse sixes on? Getting those wild horse... Yeah, them flamingo sunsets. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Are those the six? Those are the six? Yeah, those are the six. Um... I think you just like them because you're an Enneagram six. Yeah, I do like how those both line up. <laughs> and I try
0: to put the number six in anything I spell.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Triple sixes. Triple, yeah.
0: All day, every day. <laughs> that's, that's my favorite. Oh, man. Is that uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> to go back to some, I know <clears throat> we've talked about this before, right? But the research in our field is like so clear on diet, yeah. sleep, exercise, and social connectedness. Mm-hmm. Like those four things are just vital. Yeah. 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 Um, so what's the next one on your docket? Next one I got is uh, learning how you can build empathy to heal trauma for yourself and others. And what that looks like is understanding the experience of others in those family of origin relationships. Even the ones that are kind of crap and you don't want to look at.
1: Yeah. yeah. These are the, this one I actually think would be hard is like telling the stories that often go untold in your family. Yeah. Yeah, kind of have to do the deep dive sort of thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, and then a couple of things to go with that and building empathy. One was, you know, that was mentioned is just participating in volunteer opportunities, mm-hmm. helping out other people through service mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then reflectively listening.
1: Yeah. yeah. What's that you say?
0: Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Somehow I don't listen. I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> yeah. This is the last one. Okay, come come. on. So everyone get real excited. Get real pumped. On the edge of your, whatever your favorite podcast listening. uh, Piece of
1: furniture. Piece of furniture. is (laughs) Maybe a car seat. Bouncy ball. Yeah. Car seat. Get on the edge of your car seat. (laughs) Maybe sit on the hood of your car. Who knows? Come on. All right. What's it going to be, Dan? Honestly? I think it would be pumped to uh, do, for everyone to do a genogram. Oh. (laughs) Do you have the uh, DJ Khaled? <laughs> I don't. Button. I don't have
0: one of those. <laughs> we <We'll> just do <laughs> this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we so hype everyone of, up <laughs> and instead of, of
0: just drop them. Uh, <laughs> instead of
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. There you go. Oh man. So uh, this is really cool, though. Yeah, like um, like creating a genogram. and so you 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 use this occasionally in therapy, right? Yeah. or in the assessment. Yeah, using evals a lot. Um, yeah, gen-
0: genograms basically is just a visual representation or a map of your family, mm-hmm. right? And then so in evaluation, something we would do is map three generations of family and then look at those um, patterns, right? Mm-hmm. So um, some things that we commonly look at for everyone on the map, we would look at age, we would look at um, gender, sex, mm-hmm. medical history, educational history, Mm-hmm. Uh, mental health history mm-hmm. drinking substance use history mm-hmm. um, and then just map it out for everyone mm-hmm. and then try to also identify what types of words would be used to describe relational quality mm-hmm. so like this was a this relationship was really absent this yeah. relationship was really close or something like that yeah. just to understand those relationships and then it's kind of fun at the end of it you, you step back from it and I would just ask I would turn the genogram to the person and just say what do
1: you see yeah you know like what wow. do you notice here yeah And that list of things you made, like for here, if you were going to incorporate what we've been talking about today, you'd be specifically looking at that um, and then say, what big T or little T trauma experiences happened for this person and this person? And what was this relationship like? Because relationships are heavily involved with little T trauma oftentimes. Yeah, yeah. If they go south, they have a really profound effect. Yeah. Yeah. And so then doing that for your family of origin. And so, yeah, you pair that up and you look at it and then you see, does any of that language I use in those vulnerable moments or does my greatest fear Mm -hmm. or the fear that I would think would be the greatest for other people, does that show up in any of these other experiences that I've just defined find in my genogram here. Yeah. That's a great question for personal reflection, right? Yeah. 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 So the ray of sunshine in all of this is if you go back to those that enriching environment and you decrease the stress in your life to the extent you can. Obviously some stress is good. Stress isn't inherently bad. Mm-hmm. But you can be like those micelets. Yeah. And uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: Happy micelets, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, it is encouraging to think like this stuff can be reversed and yeah. it does take some intentional, meaningful, deep, difficult work to yeah. do. Yeah, so it's
1: mm-hmm. first the discovery of it so that you're accurately addressing it, it so that then it can be resolved rather than just passed yeah. along generationally. Yeah,
0: bringing awareness to those things in the moment, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, and then intentionally doing otherwise mm-hmm. so it doesn't pass itself down. Rat yeah. Park sounds rad.
1: Yeah. So hit that rat park.
0: Rat park. I think so. (laughs) Hashtag
1: rat park. (laughs) Hashtag button game strong. Yeah, that's a a good one. I'm waiting for Goldie Gold. It fell off. Oh, Goldie Gold will come through with some good hashtags. Yeah, come on, Goldie Gold. Hashtag Goldie Gold all right so why don't you take us out by shouting us out
0: no doubt you can always find us on the interwebs beyond flag spelled flg and then we're also on that uh twitter feed and the uh, instagrams also beyond underscore
1: flag yeah
0: check it out yeah check it out i think uh just real quick disclaimer right <laughs> like we're just scratching the surface on all this stuff huh yeah yeah um, so I think like you're saying, Mark Woolen is a good resource to go to. You can also check the show notes
1: for yeah. further, further references. Further references yeah. mm-hmm. Very cool. So I'll list them in there. So look for that. Take care. Blammo. Loveys.